0: Excellent, thank you for that I really love all of that (laughs) It makes me feel really comfortable not. Um, excellent. But thank you, Neil. I great to about our youth. Um, they've all gone out, haven't they, so I can be my usual tedious self. I don't have to like ham it up for the youth. Excellent. Um, we're going to be interviewing, as, as Neil said tonight, uh, we're doing a part of our SOFA series, uh, which is an interview session uh, of uh, our one-hour service tonight uh, with Hannah and some of the youth. I'm so looking forward to that. Appar- they're going to tell me the questions I've got to ask them. So I've done no preparation whatsoever. <laughs> I was told we'll give you the questions. You ask them. Okay, so here you go. Well, we're doing the the um, love never series. As we've we've been, oh, am I on? I am now. Uh, as we've come to know it, the summer of love. This is part four. This is the final part of the summer um, of love series. Uh, just drawing things together. I could have carried on talking about this for weeks, but it's important to bring this down as we, we get ready for autumn. Tonight we're going to be videoing the autumn video notices. Winter is coming. (laughs) Do you you see what's going on here? What do you see? What do you see? It's the shadows of camels. If you actually look... There's a little pale line at the feet of each camel. That's the camel with a big dark shadow above it. It's area. Can you see it? I love optical illusions. I love that. It's the sun is low and the camera is above. So you don't see camels. You see shadows. I love the fact that there is something coming. Do you see it? There is something. Something's not quite as we think. There is something on its way. I've got a little optical illusion for you. the flying carpet. Or is it? There's actually the shadow of a flag just falling short of the platform that she stood on on the beach. But for the world, she's hovering. I had so many of these. I could have gone on for hours with these. I love uh, You know, sometimes we think we've seen what we've seen. Sometimes we we, we absorb what we think is there. Sometimes we hear the news. Sometimes we read a paper or we see something on Facebook or we get a feel for what's happening around us and we think we know. But what if there's a bigger picture? What if there's more? You must have done that thing where you've, you've... Well, this last few years we've seen, haven't we, where specialists tell us what will happen with politics... And then they discover they're completely wrong because they haven't really seen. There's almost like the world is almost like living in in an illusion at the moment. Things are not quite what we think. Things are not quite going where we think they're going. And how do I know that? How do we know this? Because the Lord is still the Lord and He's not finished yet. He's begun a good work and He's not finished yet. So something is happening. I'm just going to take us through a familiar reading. We've been reading through 1 Corinthians chapter 13, uh, verses 1 to 13. I'm going to read through these. I'm going to ask if the guys at the back can drop it down as I get to it, because I'm, there's three slides. I'm not sure where the slide breaks are. So it says this, and it's, it's talking about when the church gathers, the, the church in Corinth, um, a long, long time ago, gathered together. And this letter was written to them to deal with all sorts of life stuff that was going off. And it says this, If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship, that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. What is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain. Faith, hope, love. But the greatest of these is love. So we've been looking at those verses. And we've been exploring different aspects of what love brings. We've been looking at the prophetic. We've been looking at tongues and languages, faith that can move mountains. We've been looking at miracles. I want to tell you what, what love actually does. I can have the next one if that's all right, please, now. Am I back in charge again? Yeah, thank you. Um, what love actually does is release vision. It releases vision because it allows us to see things differently. When we see things differently to how everybody else is perceiving things, that is our vision. You see, if we just see what everybody sees, we're just seeing things. But if we have a vision, we're seeing what can be and what is being called into being. It's when Jesus prays, your kingdom come. He's calling it into being. That's what I want to explore this morning, this whole concept of a loving vision and the impact that has on our lives. We tried to say... Two or three things over these last few weeks I've been speaking. And here are the three things that I've said uh, that we've had up there. I'm just going to read them out to you. and They're about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, about moving the prophetic and about acts of faith. And number one thing that we said is the gifts of the Spirit are the tools that help us grow lives filled by the fruit of the Spirit. That's the loving character of Christ for us. Love is the motivation to move in the gifts of the Spirit to bring that fruitfulness of the Spirit into our lives. That's the loving character of Christ in us. So that's Christ's character for us, Christ's character in us. The second thing we said, without love there is no more than a prophetic moment. With love there is a prophetic movement. It is God's kingdom come. And then the third thing that we said, faith may not always change the outer circumstances or the outside view of your life, but it will always change the inner concerns and the outside vision of your life. And in a sense, I want to extend that third statement this morning. Most recognized and quoted passage of the Bible is this thing about Corinthians. Who's heard it before? Love, Love always does this and love always does that and love always does this. Who had it at their wedding? Put your hand up if you've ever had that verse at a wedding. Who's heard it at a wedding if you didn't have it at your wedding? It's a great wedding verse, isn't it? It's brilliant because quite clearly it's about sloppy romantic love. Those verses were written by Paul because he knew that one day I'd meet Julie and I'd want to read those verses to her every morning. Don't I sweetheart? See, you heard it from her own mouth. We are so familiar with those verses of love is this and love is that and love never this and love never that. We're so familiar with it that we can fail to grasp its importance. And it's a critically important piece of scripture. Why is it so well known? Because it's so incredibly important. It so incredibly matters. It's so powerfully God's voice to his church. See, we're in wedding season right now. Well, we've got so many weddings coming and going, and, and we, we've, got, we've got people that are being married, people that are about to get married, people that are planning being married, uh, I mean, it's just fantastic, isn't it? Isn't it just so amazing to see people building lives together, and planning building lives together? Uh, so we, we've, got, we've got back-to-back, well, you know well, we've got back-to-back weddings, we've got one in Romania and straight back to a wedding here. How exciting is that? We've just had a wedding, we've got more to come. How good is it? that reflection of Christ and his bride when a, a man and a woman get together and commit, make that kind of commitment. We love all of that but what I want to tell you is these verses are not about romantic love. So if you have those verses at your wedding, I'm not disparaging it. They're great verses for a wedding but there's so much bigger news. There's so much a bigger view of this. Sounds like romantic love but it's more. What we often miss is that this text was first written to a church community that was having a very difficult time staying together. The Corinthian church was just amazing. They moved in the most amazing, powerful Holy Spirit gifts. There could be prophecies, there were healings, there was all sorts of things happening. But what they were doing, they were struggling to stay together because all different types of people are connected. Um, these verses were written about the realities of relationship and the amazing possibilities of the community of the church when it's founded in love. And that's what Paul is saying, live out. See, the verse is talking to the most gifted, capable church in Corinth. But gift isn't the deal. Character is. What he was saying is you've got all the gifts in the world, but you need the character and heart of Christ. You need love first. And that's what we're going to look at. Because if we're going to be a growing, developing, thriving church, seeing people connected and saved, we're going to need to be a loving church. It's going to have to be the heart of what we are. It's going to have to be our heart for our community. You may remember that at the start of this series, I pointed out that this chapter sits in the middle of exciting chapters. Chapter 12 is all prophetic gifts and, and moves of the Holy Spirit. Chapter 14 is all moves of the Holy Spirit. And right in the middle is chapter 13 that says, but love binds it all together. Doesn't work without it. Because chapter numbers are not in the original letter. Did you know that? If you're a fairly new Christian, you just need to know this. that You know the little verses and the chapter numbers? They weren't in the original text. We've put those in to make it easier to understand so we can find place in the Bible. It means it's easy to find the story. It's easy to find the, the reference. We've put those in. It was one continuous letter. Actually, probably on a scroll. Would have been read like that as they went along. I ah, love that. And here's what it says just before that reading that we, we read this morning. It says this, it says this, in 1 Corinthians twelve thirty one. now eagerly desire the greater gifts, and yet I will show you the most excellent way. So Paul's been talking about the amazing Holy Spirit gifts, prophecy and healings and Words of knowledge and giving and all the amazing things. But he says, that's great, eagerly desire those things, but there's something more excellent. And that word most excellent in Greek is hyperbole. Can anybody guess what word we get from that one? Can anybody who does English guess what word we get from hyperbole? Hyperbole is, the, is one of the roots that we get, which is to... To oversell it, to go overboard, yeah. yeah, to get a bit carried away. Well, that's the root of this word, that we've changed it. But here's what it actually meant, if you were a Greek. It meant to literally be able to throw something further than anything else could be thrown. So no matter how far something could be thrown, no matter how good something was, this thing always goes further. It's like if you've got the best javelins in the world, and everybody's throwing them, big Greek thing, that. You've got this javelin and it will always fly further. It will always be more significant. It will always make the mark. It will always be more powerful. It will always be the one that is seen. So you can have all the prophetic gifts in the world. We can move in all sorts of healing. We can move in all sorts of faith. But the gift of love is like a javelin that just flies further. That has more impact. That lands further out. It is beyond measuring effectively what those verses mean the original language is everything else can be measured but love cannot be measured when you throw this it will go out the ballpark it will be out there everything else can be measured but loving christ cannot be measured that's what this is saying it's so important when we talk this love word and isn't it a strange word to use using this love word, I, I, I was told once that as a, as a male preacher, I'm probably better not talking about love, because it's soft, and non-Christian, non-Christian men then that come into church will wrestle with the concept of me saying the word love, I, I, no, you know what, it is the most powerful, amazing thing, how I can never be ashamed to use the words of the love of Christ, because he loves us absolutely he gave everything for us there's nothing soft about that there's nothing weak about that that is loving action that I want to talk about it's so important our value isn't in what we have but who we are it's not in the gift that we hold but in the character that we have measuring ourselves can be an obsession anybody here ever measured themselves Oh, come on. I, look, I'm looking at you. I know you. I know you measure yourself. I've seen you drinking coffee saying things like, only one custard cream for me. Looking after myself. I know when I have a photograph taken, I have an involuntary muscle reaction when I have a, when I have a, when I have a photograph taken. I instinctively stand slightly sideways and suddenly I have this muscle contraction. I have like a diaphragm thing that goes up. You've all done it. You've all been at Slimmer's World or Weight Watchers. You've all been measured at school. You've all tried your shoes on. You've all tried that T-shirt that's actually one size too small with the hope it'll look good. Then you can say to everybody, I wear medium and not, you know, triple X. You've all done it. I once stood here and preached in a T-shirt. I knew I'd managed to get on. And then I saw the photograph and thought, wow, well, I got it on. (laughs) It would have been easy to paint it on. It actually looked like body paint. It was so (laughs) close-fitting. I have binned that, in fact, I binned that t-shirt that day. <laughs> yes, when you, when you get a glimpse of yourself in mirrors and things, and then you think, I'm about to stand on platform in this t-shirt, this is going to be a long sermon for me. That's how I felt. <laughs> Measuring ourselves can become an obsession. And we do measure ourselves, and we do compare ourselves. We compare our houses, we compare our cars, we compare our size, we compare our jobs, we compare everything, and we're in a world of comparison. What I have, what I own, what I possess, what I do, where I go, my abilities. How many likes I got on Facebook, as trivial as that. We compare ourselves and measure ourselves constantly. Gift alone, without love, means we compare. And you know what comparison is? We judge. We either judge the other, or we judge ourselves. And here's what the Word of God says. We're not called to judge, but to love called to love, not to judge. not called to condemn. Because if I start judging me and start judging you, when I get outside that big bad world and start connecting with people and sharing good news with people, I will begin to judge. And first of all, I've not come to condemn or to judge, but to love. Yeah. Christ came into the world not to condemn the world, but to save it. Yeah. Who's good enough? Who's good enough here? I'm not. I've judged myself. I know I'm not. We are invited to a way that is beyond measuring. Love is the shape of life that has been set free from the competition that is disrupting communities, traditions, and even the church. Do you know why our communities often struggle to work? Why local government struggles to work? Why our national governments struggle to work? Because we judge. We compare. We consider. We are better than. We are worse than. And it becomes destructive. That must never become a part of this church community. We must be a church community that just first of all loves. Yeah. doesn't mean we have to agree. And that's the power of these wonderful verses. That's the power of these verses in Corinthians. Because what he's saying is, you're a church of all different types, of all different sorts of people. And you've got all sorts of backgrounds. And if you chose to, you could compare with one another and start to judge each other. But here's the deal. Love is bigger than that. Yeah. And that's what we're about. And that's what I want to expand on. Hear this. When we come to church, our lives are enriched. But when we become the church that loves, our world is enriched. When we become a community that is united and loves and doesn't judge, we'll carry that loving, non-judgmental heart into our community. And that's called the good news of Jesus Christ. That saves and has value. Keep that in mind as I continue. The church in this letter was actively pursuing some of the gifts, and that's good. They were desperate to prophesy, desperate to do tongues, desperate to see healings. And I want, do, 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 yes, yes, and yes yeah. to all of those things in the Holy Spirit. We want them all. They are good, unless in the process people forget about loving their church family. Neil, how many people have you healed this week? Three, did you say? Five. Five. Oh, so close, mate so close, I did six, I did six come on, six because I am more godly than you, if you step up in faith, maybe you could do the sixth next week I never want us to get into a place where we're competing and comparing you know, if a church down the road has twelve baptisms this Sunday, you know what we do? we rejoice in the Lord because 12 people were saved and have been baptised. If we get 12 people saved and baptised next weekend in this church, what do we do? We don't gloat. We say, thank you God, 12 people have been saved and baptised and have begun their discipleship journey. That's what we do. Without love, it doesn't matter what budgets we've got or in our case, haven't got. It doesn't matter what building we're in. It doesn't matter what strategies we have. There will just be things without love because love breathes health and life into them. It is the love of Christ that brings that breath of life. Otherwise, they are just things. See, this is just a building. It's just a building unless the people that use it and are sent out from it are filled with the love of Christ. And then it becomes a base. Then it becomes a hub. Then it becomes a launch pad. Then it becomes a home. Then it becomes something that is prophetic. See, budgets, buildings, and strategies do not give the shape, give church the shape that God desires. Anything we have, anything we pursue, anything we do only has value as far as the motivation is formed out of our character of love. There is love in action. Paul claimed that that, uh, love shows patience. Love shows patience. Love acts with kindness. Whole list of things that love does. Love is an action. Did you know that? Love is not me saying to Julie, love you. And then totally ignoring her. i still love you. Love is, for us, the cup of tea in bed. Oh. I don't know if anybody's just seen. They've just done a survey and established what. The, 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 I can't get over this. You might be able to look it up on BBC News. But they've just done a massive survey which demonstrated what a loving relationship is and what a lasting relationship is. And they've discovered it's when you do things for other people. So love acted out is when he remembers to empty the dishwasher. Love is when the ironing has been done. Love is when somebody remembered to over the carpet or chose to over the carpet. Apparently they're the things that bind relationships together. The physical actions that show care to the other wow there is some looks going around this room there are so many dirty looks being thrown at husbands I didn't say I did not specify who did which jobs I didn't do that I simply said that doing actions for other people is a practical outworking of love and it's the practical outworking of serving another person that binds that relationship together and that is true in the life of the church that is true because God didn't just look at the world and say I love the world he gave his only son he did something the very root of this is found in God the Father for God so loved the world he took action the fulfillment of this root is found in Christ for the joy set before him he endured the cross he took action the fruitfulness of this root is found in the church the Holy Spirit empowers us to be his witnesses we take action Hey, they're quite good those three I might use those again come on steal those somebody Paul names three things that are central uh, central value to the church faith hope and love these three form a brief summary of the life of the church faith hope love we're drawn into that love of God and that draws others in the Bible never says that love in action feels good all the time or that it's easy I've got a new church mission statement for us. Is that all right? The mission of the church is to gather like minded people and likeable people together. Those who are like us and who get on with us and can easily agree with us and can be loved. That's our new mission statement. Is that all right? No, no, yeah, but it's not saying, saying no, but don't we want to gather people that are likeable and like us, that we can get on with, that we can love easily, and, and that kind of us it's easier, oh come on, be a great club, <sighs> see that was the problem with the Corinthian church, they were gathering people, all different types, all different backgrounds, all different cultures, when we think that what we really want is to arrive at church, and, and, and let's be honest, when I arrive at church I want people to say, oh I feel the love, I feel cuddly, I feel wanted, I feel at home, I feel at ease, I feel relaxed. And yet when I fill it with all different cultures and backgrounds and all all these different types of people, some of that smothering feeling will go. And then people start saying, what is my place here? Where do I belong? You know what? We have to learn to love in action. And discover that at the center, the thing, the most important thing that binds us together, that unifies us, that makes us able to say we are one, is Christ. That's our focal point. We don't judge the differences. We highlight the unity in Christ. I want to be hugged and valued and be catered for and smothered. But true love is not measured by that. It's not measured by just how good it makes me feel. In the context of 1 Corinthians, it would be better to say that the measure of love is its capacity to continue in the face of tension and disagreement without division. That's what love does. Did you know that we don't always get on in this church? The leadership team sometimes disagree with me. Because I love them, I bear with them until they see the truth, until they have that revelation. Periodically, they bear with me until I have the revelation and see that they're right. (laughs) You see, tension, disagreement without division is a loving place. And that's not a burden that I'm placing on us. That's an opportunity that is good news you know scripture says by the love that you have for one another people know that you're my disciples because people get that we're different people get that we have different experiences different backgrounds different concepts but we're together in christ that is a powerful thing we're not simply left our own capacity for love either god loved the church first we can love because god already knows us we love Him because he loved us first He loves us anyway and he's working to make our lives and our communities look more and more like that busy active tireless love that he has he wants us to carry you ever had that day where you think to yourself am I a mug for doing all this am I a mug for doing all this am I doing too much shouldn't somebody else be doing this I've got another meeting again I'm doing this thing again or that thing again. does anybody ever make those I know you wouldn't say it out public has anybody ever said that quietly to themselves why am I out again tonight why, why are we doing this? Why are we doing that? Wow, two of us. We are just not good enough for this church. Wow. You know, whenever you have that feeling and you go to that meeting anyway, or you go and serve that person, or you prepare that meal for that person, or you attend in some way, or you give them a call, that is a demonstration of love in action. Because without love, you would stay at home. With love, you connect. So sometimes when you feel tired and sometimes you ask the question, why am I doing this? And you ask the question, how much longer? That can be a demonstration of love. You know that even Jesus asked that question. You know, Jesus actually went to one side and said, Lord, how much longer have I got to be with these people? He actually said that. But you know what? He, like the Father, loved us and stayed around. He lived it. So, you know, you're probably expressing active and living love when you feel that way, when you need energy. Don't be, don't be too bad. Don't beat yourself up. Don't judge yourself. Just acknowledge that you're still in the race because you love. Um, you know, sometimes the stuff of life is a little bit overwhelming. And stuff happens in life. It happens to you and to me and to everybody. But get this, your life is never about what happens to you real life in Jesus is always about what happens in you when things happen to you then that determines what happens through you do you you get it we either fall apart when something happens or our heart says I'm still the Lord's I'm not going to be judged in this situation I'm still the Lord's I still belong I'm still owned by him I'm still a part of this I'm still part of his people When I react well to those things, when I allow people to gather around me and support me, to encourage me, when I become a supporter and an encourager, how I respond in Christ then determines what happens through me. With love comes vision, comes hope, comes faith. There is that elusive knowledge that something is happening even when we can't quite see it. And church, I want to tell you around this place at Hope House, I hope you can begin to see it because something is happening. I'm going to unpack that in a moment's time. Something is happening around this place and I absolutely categorically believe the Lord is on the move. Am I good enough to cope with that? Are you good enough to cope with that? Probably not, but it's alright because He is. Without love we drift away or we walk away because we compare or we judge. You see the bottom line is where there is no love we breed isolation where love breeds connection. Without love, we look to connect with people just like us. With love, we just want to connect with people. You see, if we don't love, we want to say things like connecting people like us to a God like us with lives like ours. But the thing is, we're all unique. There aren't many people like us. You know, there's nobody like you. There's nobody like me. I am utterly unique. My attitudes and opinions and history and formation is completely unique and different to yours. There's one thing, you see, see, Julie and I, we say we're exactly the same. We've got the same kind of upbringing, the same kind of of perspective on life. We're the same kind of people. We fit together perfectly. There's one massive difference, though. Julie's a woman, and I'm a man. And that makes us massively different, and our perspectives are different amongst all the other differences that we have. But in love, something begins to happen. With love, we look to connect with people. And that's why in our building, it's just connecting real people to a real God in real life. Because people have real lives out there. And our God is real. And they are real people. We're not judging and valuing people on similarity, but simply loving them because intrinsically they are valuable to God and loved. It's what Christ did for us. When we were his enemies, he first loved us. And that's the church we can be. How are we connecting? What is it we're beginning to see? Here are some of the ways we are connecting as a church. I've just written a list down, and this list is far from complete um, because we are actively seeking just to love and to serve our community. Um, Here's what's happening. We have a brilliant community cafe. Where all sorts of people, yay, all sorts of people meet together. Right now, uh, this afternoon, um, meeting in our, our old campus building, our old building across the roads, we have a Latvian community church that's, that's going to be taking over the front of that building. How good is that? I kind of thought that was a really good thing. We have a Latvian community church that connects with nobody or nothing, and yet they've said, Paul, will you come and speak at our big celebration meeting next Sunday afternoon? Yay! So we're looking to partner with them so they can get all the child protection stuff in place and get all the kind of legislative stuff in place because they've come and said, we need your help doing that. You know what? We're walking with them as part of the body of Christ in this town. How brilliant is that? So there's still a presence and witness of God there and here. That's that's church growing in this building. For us this morning, there are different nationalities. So many we were trying to tot up how many different nationalities we have connected with this church when we we're all here it's brilliant, there are so many there are so many different cultures in this room so many different economic and educational backgrounds in this room and that's brilliant, we've got our youth our youth there are a whole bunch of kids some are church kids, some are not church kids some are saved, some are not saved but they fill those back few rows and they've been attending and connecting with God and God is doing something with them how blessed are we wow it is so good we've been asked once again to support uh, and get behind and be a part of the LGBTQ event uh, on the 2nd of September uh, taking part around this building what do we do do we sit inside and ignore them or do we take up the invite they said, thank you so much for the help and the way you served us and cared for us last year can you do that again you know what so I say yeah absolutely provided we're able to be completely about Jesus and tell people yeah that's fine can we still use your toilets, though? Yeah, yeah. No <laughs> but we get to connect to the part of our community. Are they like us? Are they, do they look like us? Do they sound like us? No, no, and no. Does Christ love them? Yes. Should we... Yes. So across in our building we've got toddlers groups, cheeky monkeys, we've got vulnerable families groups meeting. We're supporting Crisis as they do the work in the town. We're about to start meeting about to start hosting a refugee women's group in our building. That's begun. We're about to start hosting October a men's refugee group in our building. That's really good. Uh Barnsley Table Tennis Association are moving yeah. into our old building. And do you know why that's good? Because some of us here could get involved with that and be a great witness to them. And also, even on Friday when I was there, three of them had been connected with church or this church before. So that's not just letting a table tennis club use the building, that's part of the plan and will of God that is touching lives. So I'm really excited by that. One of them fell off a ladder and broke his arm. So he went home in an ambulance. But hey, you know what? He broke his arm in church. That's all right. It, their insurance, not ours. His, his wife, we've known for many, many years and got very close to salvation a few years ago. Hey, you know what? She's back on the scene. And uh, the guy that Edgy it all up announces that he used to be part of um, the boys' brigade and connected with church historically. You know what? Maybe God can do something amazing with that group of people we have uh, we're involved with barnes's homeless alliance stuff and various council ward stuff etc 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 something is happening because this is all people related none of that stuff is about anything else than building relationships with people and they've all come out of relationships with people do you know how good that is i want to say god is on the edge of something now you can dismiss that and say that's just a nice church doing nice religious things. No, it's not, because the motivation and heart behind that is to love those people in the kingdom of God. But to value them as people. I believe God's on the move and doing something. And what's more important, where you are, we're still connecting with people. Who here lives life outside of church? Oh, come on, some of you some of you not in this room twenty four seven. We're all out there. What's your job? that's where you are connecting that's where Hope House Church is connecting with love where you are each day so try this on put your hand up if you think you've got a rubbish job I can't do that I can't put my hand up I can't look I know some of you want to put your on because some of you come and tell me on a weekly basis I've got a rubbish job or you tell me things like I kind of like my job but I desperately want to leave you're unhappy in the circumstance you're in. But here's the deal. What if, when you're uncomfortable, I have to say to you, this, this is just the truth. You might be in a situation not, you don't understand that you can't work out or it's stressful or difficult, but you've got Jesus Christ and all these people around you, even when you're in that job situation. What about if you're one of your non-Christian colleagues that doesn't have Christ, that doesn't have that fran- f- family of church fellowship around? They still have your job. They still have your frustrations. Hey, you know what? You can be salt and light in that situation. You can be the truth in that situation. You can be the joy in that situation. You can bring life in that situation. Does that make your job any better? No. Does it mean you're living for Christ? Yes. Is it you owning your identity? Because whatever your identity is, you are first and foremost a son of the living God. First of all, you're an ambassador for Christ before any job title, before any non-job title, before any unemployment queue, before any benefits office or benefits phone call, before any situation, or when you go to the, sm- the, the anti-smoking group and you sit there, what are you, you're going to try and stop smoking, no, you're an ambassador for Christ, who also happens to want to stop smoking, and he's doing it for three months in a row, yay, three months clean, amazing, we become ambassadors for Christ. When we stand together in love and in unity, then we become a prophetic movement. Then mysteries get solved. Then we have knowledge. Then a new language is expressed. Faith breaks out. Then where there is no way, a way is made, and salvation can follow. That is who we are. And that's why 1 Corinthians 13 is so important. That's why love is important. What do we see? Matthew said, go into all the world. You do it every day in your life. You go into the world every day in your life. The only question is, do you do it with love? And do you do it with an active love? Church, I want to encourage you this morning. You can go into this ordinary world with an active love. Is that about being perfect? Is that about being lovable? Is that about being wonderful? No, it is simply about being you. Trying to submit your life to Christ. Trying to walk in discipleship. Praying for the gift of the Holy Spirit to be a witness. But most importantly, loving the world the way that Christ loved it. See, I spent the last few years seeking to be part of a team building a church that people who don't go to church would love to attend. So that's what I really, that's what I have a vision for. Hope House Church, a church where people who don't go to church want to go to church. We've had the pleasure, occasionally of seeing people who've never thought they would end up in a church ending up in this church. And to their surprise, some of them liked it. And some of them even found a new relationship with Jesus. It is my belief as we continue to seek to build that with Christ that there will be more and more people who are going to find that surprise. They want to be here and they want a relationship with Jesus and they like it. Yeah. They may even grow to love it. I totally believe that the Lord has a call on this church. This church called Hope House. And that's the amazing thing about feeling called to something. We're taking a new direction on an unexpected adventure church that's you and me that's us that's us that's what 1 Corinthians 13 is about it's about being filled with the Holy Spirit to move in all these wonderful prophetic gifts words of knowledge healing uh, tongues and and faith making a way where there's no way but it is all rooted in the character of Christ our loving saviour and that's what we must be rooted in without it we are isolated without it we walk away without it we are disconnected with it there is total unity and something beautiful and ask the band to come back up please if you would and choose that song the Lord has placed on your heart in a prophetic kind of way (laughs) you see you were made for it it's been my mantra through this year. You were made for Monday morning. Sunday morning is our preparation time for being sent out. It's the time we gather together to worship Lord, to connect with him, to, to, to look on him, to sing our praise to him, our sung praise. But it's where we come and connect with him, where we surrender, where we heal, where we repair, where we restore others, where we get restored. It's where we can do our business with God. We can have business with each other. It's where we can remind ourselves that this is our launch pad. This is our home. This is our identity. This is our place. But it's also where we're sent out as ambassadors into this world. And church, you were made for it. This is what you were made for. This morning, if you're not a Christian, if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, and you're thinking, wow, what is he on? How big does he think he is? How clever does he think this church is? I don't think I'm big or the church is big at all. I just think that we have an amazing God who gave us his amazing son and in him all things are possible so if you don't know jesus as your lord and savior this morning i would love to introduce you to jesus i would love to chat to you afterwards and explain who jesus is one of our team on stage or on our connections corner would love to chat with you and take you through a simple prayer and explain to you this is who jesus christ is he's real and relevant for you today he's about living real life but church, I want to ask us this question this morning. Is we're going to just? We're not gonna have an appeal. We're not calling you forward. But I want you to weigh this lovingly. Are you ready to love this week? Are you ready to take action? Are you made for Monday? It's a choice. Are you ready to love the church so that it can love the people that are lost? Are you ready to love people in the kingdom of God? Are you ready to love God enough to open yourself up and say, Holy Spirit, I need more of you? Are you ready to love him enough to step out in faith? into prophetic into words of knowledge into a new language into the courage to pray for healing are you ready to do that? so the deal is you don't have to judge yourself you don't have to be good enough you don't have to be in the church long enough to belong you don't have to sign a piece of paper you don't have to carry a particular badge or wear one of our blue t-shirts you simply have to know Jesus Christ and to be good enough for him. And here's the deal. You are good enough for him. So let's stand together if you can. Are you ready? Are you ready to take action this week? Are you ready? Are you ready to say, I was made for Monday? It's a choice. You are chosen, not forsaken. So you can choose. Think of the nationalities around this place when we're falling. It's not only season. Think of the breadth of people, the ages of people, the different cultures and backgrounds that meet in this place. And just think the Lord wants to grow that. And you are called to be a part of that. So, Lord, we pray now that for Hope House Church, you will pour out your spirit. We pray, Lord, that you will give us a greater vision to see what really is. Lord, we don't want to see shadows. We don't want to see optical illusions. We want to see as you see. We want a pure vision, a true vision of your kingdom come so Lord be with us now we pray and as we bring our our act of worship lovingly to you Holy Spirit we ask that you would fill us that you would surround us that you would inspire us and that we would be sent out from this place as ambassadors of the living God speaking for Christ being good news in our communities we ask it in the name of Jesus would you make us a church of love connecting real people to real God and their very real lives. Amen.